And today, Stephen Pritchard is still on holiday, so, uh, well, or work, whatever it is. So we've got Brett Hall with us again, and great to have him along too. We're going to get an update on bonds, the Australian bond market, and see how that's going with Richard Murphy a little later on. Henry Jennings will be in to update the market, see what's happening there. Uh, a little later on, and we'll look at currencies and commodities. We're also going to find out from Brett about the Australian markets. They did very well in July, but we're not quite sure why. And yeah. yet, the economy isn't strong. Yeah, that's right. It was um, it was a, a good month for the for the market. So for July, um, as you said yesterday, even though the um, the market closed down, uh, so the ASX two hundred was down thirty two points yesterday. It uh, on the month it uh, increased by two point nine percent. And the All Ordinaries Index was up also 2.9, so you know, which is a, a good return for for July. And um, yeah, you're right. The uh, the economy um, sort of you know, there's some doubts. I mean, there was some results announced yesterday, which we'll touch on uh, with Henry Jennings uh, shortly. That uh, indicate you know for the building industry um, things are you know on a bit of a downturn, and so the economy you know looking forward um, doesn't look. Fantastic, so, but the market has been performing well. I mean, it's been a, it's been a bit of a, a good run. Um, so normally they go hand in hand, do they? Well, that's right. I mean, basically the the market and the, the pricing within the market is is I guess reflective of the performance of the of the market and the companies that that formulate the um, the indices. So uh, you know, if if our economy's not doing great, then earnings are generally less on on. Um, on those companies, so therefore the prices would would be down, or you know, and lower dividends, etc. So, um, you know, when uh, generally yes, to answer your question, um, yeah, if the company's doing well, earnings are great, and the market would uh, would be doing well as well. But it seems to have been doing very well, even when yes. <laughs> the earnings weren't so great. Yes. Okay. Yep. So one of those questions, I suppose, we keep the eye on. Yes, yeah. correct. And and um, yeah, look, the I guess probably one of the major reason for that is, you know, as we all know, interest rates are, are very low at the moment and are predicted to be low and are predicted to um, decrease further. So you know, a lot of uh, investors are looking to get a better return. Um, so they're taking money out of cash and putting it into the market. Yes, okay. And meanwhile, how are, how's my gold going? <laughs> yeah, gold, gold's up 1.3% uh, this week. So trading at $2,071 an ounce. And the other commodities are relatively flat across the week. Um, the currencies, so the Australian dollar's down against uh, the US dollar. So one Australian dollar's buying you 685 uh, US cents, and the other one that uh, we're down against is the Canadian dollar, so buying you 90.3 uh, mm. cents. Mm. And as we talked about, move on to the market. Yeah, the markets. Why not? Yeah, sure. So uh, the All Ordinaries is uh, today at 6,896, which is relatively flat. It went up a little bit and then it's come back. Um, also, uh, the SP 500 um, is trading our, the, uh, the indices 2,980. And uh, the Nikkei is at 21,521, which is down 1% on last week. Mm-hmm. Our major stocks that we, we quote each week, uh, BHP is at $40.76, the Commonwealth Bank at $82.30, uh, NIB Health Funds at $7.99, so continually to, uh, to do well. Telstra uh, up 2% on last week at $3.97, and Illuminator Investment Company unchanged at $0.26. Cents. Mm. Are we up to fuel yet? Yes, we're up to fuel. <laughs> right. What's the what's oil doing? So, uh, so unleaded uh, in Newcastle is at a dollar forty three, 
and in Sydney a dollar thirty six. So we're a bit more expensive this week. We've reversed on last week. And diesel uh, in Newcastle a dollar forty eight, and in Sydney a dollar forty five. Thursday finance on to NURFM and Brett Hall. We've got Henry Jennings joining us right now from Marcus today, and he's a senior market commentator there. So, well, who better to get to commentate on the market? <laughs> Hi, Henry. How are you going this week? Good, Brett. How are you? Good, thank you. Good to have you. Okay. So, over overnight, the US uh, Federal Reserve has cut interest rates. Yes. And yep. uh, next week, uh, the Australian Reserve Bank meets to decide on our rates. Uh, yes. Do you think do you think that has any relevance or an indication of what might happen here? Um, no, probably not. No. Um, we um, we cut uh, not that long ago, really. Um, yep. And I think the RBA would probably like to see um, what effect that's having, given that we've just had tax cuts as well and some election certainty. Mm. Um, the US last night did, as you say, cut rates by 25 basis points, and, and the market squealed in pain, believe it or not. They wanted more, more, more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some of the comments that came out of Jerome Powell, who's the Fed chief, were a little bit... Um, complicated, shall we say. Mm-hmm. He did, um, did try and defend uh, their decision. Um, he said it was a mid... Uh, um, oh, it was kind of a, a mid-level policy setting adjustment. So, um, yeah, it wasn't really what the market wanted to hear. They wanted to hear him say that this is just the start of a, of a long-term decline again in, in rates. Mm. Um, that didn't seem to be what he was suggesting, that it was just a uh, sort of a, a little bit of a reset um, in mm-hmm. uh, in the normal pattern of things. So the Dow fell 330 points. We're down today uh, off our highs, and uh, yeah, it has been um, it has been a little bit disappointing. And, and, and of course, Mr. Trump took the tweets and um, <laughs> suggested that it was disappointing, and he was not not particularly happy with Jerome Powell. But um, that, there's nothing new in that. But uh, I don't think it's got too many implications for us here. As I say, we, we did um, cut um, last time out, and um, I think the RBA would like to keep some powder dry. If you keep yeah. cutting, um, then you haven't really got anywhere to go if the economy does continue to deteriorate. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. With um, you know, with the government passing the uh, the rebate in, in, in the tax returns, so those tax cuts that you mentioned, yeah. you know, I, I guess the uh, impact of that would only be starting to flow through as people you know lodge their returns and you know get that uh, that refund. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on to uh, so Boral's share price uh, fell sharply Ooh. yesterday on on the back of uh, one of its competitors' um, results announcement. Uh, yes, ABC uh, or Adelaide Brighton Cement had a bit of a shocker yesterday. I have to say, I think they were down around eighteen percent at the end of the day, so not good. Mm. Uh, they followed that up as well today with a uh, another five percent fall. So, um, really and truly, it wasn't a good look um, for Adelaide Brighton. Mm. So, uh, it's just really, I guess, showing the signs of that softening conditions in residential and civil construction they talked about. Um, they're they're take, talking about a $100 million impairment, um, and uh, the range of uh, profits was seriously whacked. Um, so not good for them. And, of course, um, then you extrapolate that to others in the sector in terms of Borrell and CSR, and they were both uh, weaker yesterday as well. Borrell, I guess, to some extent, um, from ABC, is has got a, the U.S. leg, so you would like to think that there is um, you know, some benefit of being exposed to that uh, the business they have in the U.S., mm-hmm. but um, and the stock price has bounced one and a bit percent today, but it was, I think it was down around 8% yesterday. Right. 
yesterday. So, yeah. yeah, so not not good. Um, you know, all of these stocks. I guess the only good thing is that we're looking backwards, mm-hmm. um, as Spike Milligan would say, into Christmas. But we're, <laughs> we're looking backwards um, as um, you know. This is historically uh, what yep. they've been doing, and the, and the housing slump uh, looks to be over. At least that's what we've seen from CoreLogic numbers today, which had minuscule price rises. I think from five out of the eight capital cities. So, um, so maybe there's better times ahead. But certainly, ABC didn't um, really talk about better times ahead um, and it remains to be seen whether Borrell have suffered the same problems that ABC have yep. in the building and construction industry and I suspect they have and that um, they will try and put the best face they can on it but it's it's not been uh, not been a good time to be um, in that in that part of the market. Yeah because they also announced I think they they're scrapped temporarily or at this stage definitely their interim dividend to preserve yeah. their capital so I mean yeah. I guess for investors that's not a not a positive nah. either, not just the earnings that they're, what they're getting in their own pocket is, um, has been impacted well, that, as well. That's, that's, the, that's the trouble, isn't it? It's, um, and it also puts you out of um, a lot of funds reach because they won't buy stocks that don't pay dividends. Mm-hmm. So uh, once you get onto that, sort of the, into the naughty corner, um, it's not a great place to be. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see Borrell's uh, announcement, their results. Um, yeah. So, um, moving on to MBN, um, Telco, or the MBN Co. and, and Telstra, a uh, bit of a simmering, um, I guess, disagreement has started to flare up um, mm. around around pricing, and uh, yeah, I think that probably has a long way to go. I don't think that will be resolved anytime soon. No, no, I, I think it's um, it's got an awful long way to go. Um, you know, uh, Optus joined the fray yesterday, and they talked to how um, you know Telstra is a bit rich from them talking about um, costs when they're getting a part of the major benefit from the NBN Co. giving them the kickback for use of the copper wires. We had the ACCC former chief uh, uh, Mr. Samuels also joining the fray as well. So yeah, it was it's it's not a good look. Telstra has been on a bit of a roll recently mm. as uh, 5G sort of um, pokes its head up above the parapet, and we're looking at um, all the changes that will bring. It's going to probably be slow and probably slower than the market would think. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been quite good for Telstra, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, um, it's, not, uh, it's not a nice look, is it, front page? No. The, the papers um, no. slaking each other off in the telco business. No, that's right. So coming up, we'll talk about Dulux um, and the vote that occurred yesterday. Yeah, well, they've gone. <laughs> so uh, Dulux, um, mm. and as you said, he's gone. Sold. Yeah, hopefully the dog's yeah. not gone. <laughs> gone to hopefully Japan. The, hopefully the dog doesn't become uh, a Japanese dog. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a $3.8 billion takeover by Nippon Paints. Um, and the vote was uh, has all been voted. Everybody, it's, mm-hmm. all, it's all done and dusted. They've got court approval. So Dulux has probably close to half... Um, the uh, market share in retail, and of course, mm-hmm. every time you walk into Bunnings, you're assaulted by um, by Dulux. So yeah, it's it's a bit sad, I guess. Uh, now Dulux is owned by the Japanese, uh, Torbmans is owned by a US Group PPG, mm-hmm. and Wattle is owned by US Group as well. So yep. um, I think there's only um, there's only one uh, Australian, which is Hames Paints, mm. which has around seven percent of the um, of the market. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a I guess it's a sad day, isn't it, when yeah. uh, when it when it when it goes something like that. But uh, 
you know, that's, that's the world of um, corporateness these days. Yep. And, so. and uh, you, sorry, are you speaking about Dulux? Yes. Yeah. Can I just ask a question that um, sure. are they still going to market the paints as Dulux paints, do you think, even though it's yeah. a new owner? Yep. Yeah. I would think so, yeah. No, okay, so, so the brand name a huge amount of goodwill. So the brand name will stay, it's just their owner. And the dog. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping the dog will stay because I've got one that looks quite similar. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you could lend them yours. Yeah, um, he's a bit he's a bit older than that one. I mean, <laughs> probably moves about the same amount now. <laughs> so, do, do you generally, you know, so from um, we often see takeovers of, takeovers of Australian brands and mm. companies, um, and um, you know, probably something that we'll see to to continue is, um, you know, as global companies look for for their own growth and you know see Australia as a, an opportunity. Yeah, I, I guess. You know, when you look at from um, from you know in Australia, we have the, the large superannuation pool that continues to grow, and yep. obviously in Australia, you know, our market by global standards is is not that large. It, does it become as companies like this go? Does it become more difficult for you know the Australian superannuation funds to find quality places to invest the the funds they have? I mean, is, is it somewhat of a concern that some of our you know quality companies are you know being taken over over by yeah. these companies? Well, well, I, I mean, I guess from a patriotic concern, yes, it is a little bit, but that's the corporate world these days. Yep. Um, you know, our super funds are getting bigger and bigger and bigger because we've got mandated contributions, etc., in our stock market. Um, you know, there, there's not huge amounts of brand new, spanking new, shiny new, big issues that come along that absorb all that money. So mm. super funds have to go somewhere or they just keep driving prices up, which we're probably mm. seeing a little bit of at the moment. Yeah. Um, or they have to start investing overseas, which is not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, they can go privately and there's a lot of moves to uh, invest in unlisted things these days. Mm. Private equity has become a, a big force mm. and uh, a lot of the super funds would invest off um, off market effectively and, and buy into assets, especially long term infrastructure assets and those mm-hmm. sorts of things off market. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, I guess it's just a factor of life these days. Yeah. Um, some of our big companies have disappeared. Toll Group was one that was taken over by the Japanese. Um, we've had, um, what was the one with the dodgy Northern Beaches Hospital? I'm trying to think of the name. Our, um, Hellscope. Uh, Hellscope, yes. Yeah, so, you know, there are. Um, there are there are a number of these things, and this this is only natural. And I guess you know when you look at the concentration in the globe of big names, it's just getting you know, the mm. bigger boys are getting bigger and bigger and crowding out the little boys. Yes, um, and that seems to be um, seems to be happening. And you know you look at this new low interest rate environment, and you, I mean, Japan has been the same. You know, it's been that way forever. That um, you know they've got to do something with their funds and buying Australian assets that uh, have a good return on capital, like Chulux, mm. dominant market share, make a lot of sense for them. Yes, yeah. Um, and and lastly, Henry uh, Macquarie finds itself Macquarie Bank finds itself in the uh, in the media or, uh, for rec- the need to pay out a, a former executive significant yep. sum. Um, and uh, yeah, not not really a probably a good look. Not something you want to be in the media for. Well. Um I guess these things happen. It's a, it's a big company now. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of money um, at stake with uh, with people that work for Macquarie. So mm. I think it was nine million. It's it's hardly going to be. Um, yep. You know, it's, it's a rounding error for them. Yeah. Um, they'll have a whip round in the New York office, and they'll probably <laughs> do that uh, instantly. Yes. Yeah. All, right. All right, Henry. Thank you very much for your for your time this week. It's always really good to have you on. 
Great, cool. Thanks, Brett. And we'll talk to you again next week. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, Senior Market Commentator. Our market update on Thursday Finance. We're taking a look at bonds. Um, whenever shares and things do a little bit of a this way or that way, it's always a good idea to take a look and see what the bonds are doing. And CEO of XTB, Australian Corporate Bond Company, is Richard Murphy. And he's joining us, um, and me, and Brett. Hi, Richard. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Brett. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. So, um, I guess start off with um, the the impact of the uh, the RBA's um, interest rate reduction, and obviously their their uh, upcoming um, meeting. And I guess we talked a little bit earlier on the program that at this stage it's probably likely that they will stay on hold um, for the, the, the at the next meeting. Um, so I guess maybe just looking back a little bit, um, the impact of the, the last uh, rate movement down um, and, and its impact on, on bonds, on the bond market? Yeah, and no, it's really the, the impact on, on everything, really. Um, so when interest rates, interest rates fall, bonds increase in value. So if you look back at the last um, six months, 12 months, most bonds funds or most bond ETFs and most bonds individually, mm-hmm. where about bonds individually, they go up in value when um, interest rates are cut. That's the fixed rate bonds go up in value. Mm-hmm. And so that, that has happened. So um, they're all showing pretty strong returns over the last six months. Mm-hmm. But of course, it means the prices now are more expensive and the yields, become, the yields go lower. And then most people would be familiar with term deposits. Um, so mm-hmm. when the interest rate is cut, term deposits rates go down as well. I mean, the interest rates are increased, current deposit rates go up. So, of course, um, savers are out there looking at, you know, for six months or one year, current deposit the four major banks. It's between, on average, 1.6% and 1.8%, mm. which is pretty dire for um, savers out there. So people who are borrowing money from banks and mortgage holders love interest rates going down. But mm-hmm. people who are older Australians who are saving and who have savings and who are relying on those savings, the income from the savings, if they, if they look back six or seven years to just after the GFC when they were getting 6 and 7% from their term deposit. Now they're only getting, you know, 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's pretty tough um, times for them. So they, they have to start looking for where do I, I can't just leave, leave it in the bank um, because I can't live off that income. And so they start looking for higher yields. And of course, if you go too high, um, you, you're taking on a lot more risk and older people can't really afford to be putting their savings at risk and losing the capital. Yes. So that, that's where bonds come in where they, they would, you know, if a term deposit was 1.6%, you might get a, you know, you might get a, a Qantas bond for 2% or 2.4% or 2.5%. Mm-hmm. So bonds are a little bit more risky than um, a bank. So if you're lending Qantas money, it's not as safe as lending Westpac your money, which is what you're doing with you. Mm-hmm. invest in a term deposit um, and it doesn't have the same government guarantee um, as a term deposit have but it does yield and for that bit more of a risk you get a bit more of a return so mm-hmm. that's why people look at bonds as you're saying well okay it's still very very low yield and it's a low yield because it's very low risk because all, of, all around the world big asset managers big fund managers of the world are buying bonds as a flight to safety because there's there's an awful lot of worry in the world across the globe that economic times ahead are uh, potentially um, nowhere near as, as good as we'd like them to be and potentially mm-hmm. quite grim. Mm-hmm. So there's been, there's been um, inv- 
inverted yield curves. It sounds very technical, but it basically means um, people are getting less for longer-term lending and to banks and, and, and corporates and government than they are for shorter-term lending, and that's a sure sign mm-hmm. of worries about recession um, coming down the pipeline, not just here, but all around the world, even though you know you might think America's going great guns. It has been for such a long time that you know that can be followed by um, worries about um, when's the next recession going to happen. So that's, that's the kind of world we're in now, and that's why the, the Reserve Bank is is cutting rates now twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Evans, the chief economist of Westpac, came out yesterday saying he's, he's kind of one to watch because he's just one of the most well-regarded um, chief economists of the major banks. Um, he, he's calling that we will see 0.5% cash rate, RBA cash rate here mm-hmm. by you know February next year. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, maybe the, maybe the next RBA um, governor's meeting will be um, no move, but certainly the vast majority, the vast preponderance of of people who know what they're talking about, the sort of economists who analyze this. At least you hope you know you know what they're talking about, but they do certainly do all the analysis in the world that you can possibly do to try and work out where it's going. The yep. vast preponderance of those is it's going down again. Mm. You know, one percent it'll go to it'll go to zero point seven five and zero point five percent. And the U.S. The U.S. Federal Reserve is, is uh, I think it's tonight is it? They're, they're meeting to or tomorrow maybe. There and, and, and they it's a cut as expected there as well after last minute if you. Six, nine months ago last year, we were all thinking interest rates are going up because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the world economy looked um, an awful lot stronger all across the world, and therefore you need to raise rates to stop it overheating. Yes. But now now there's so many concerns um, here and, and offshore. So, yeah, look, the, the main effect is for people who are saving is is I can't get what I used to get, and if I'm living off that, if, that's, if, if you have all of your savings, if you're an older person, um, in turn deposits, and that's you were able to live off it, say, three years ago when it was, you know, 2.53% you were getting, and now it's half that you're getting. That's suddenly like your salary dropping by half, so you, you, you can't presumably keep tightening the belt, so they start to look for more risk, and I think the worry for most people would be that all, all of these older Australians just start going going for um, hell for leather on riskier assets like, you know, putting it all in equities, for example. You know, equities are a fantastic investment, but do you really want your, your, your grandmother or your parents um, putting all their savings into just equities if there's a downturn? Because if there's a downturn, dividends will be cut. And yeah, so, and the capital price will fall, etc. not yeah. saying equities are bad thing. Equities are fantastic for the growth part of your portfolio, but you also need savings as well. And particularly older people don't can't really afford to lose the capital value of their investments. Hence, they go for they should go for much safer investments. And that, that that's where bonds fit in. Just about yep. a, a bit more risk for a bit more return, um, sitting above return deposit yields. So, Richard, I guess um, today's um, conversation ties in a little bit with what we were um, talking about earlier today and on on, on the program last week um, with Henry. You know, that the market is, is the um, equities market has been doing well, and you know I guess uh, the, the, probably one of the reasons behind that is that because interest rates are low and um, investors are looking for a higher return, and they look at you know dividend yields on things like the banks and um, and see that the market is um, has been providing some good returns, so they take their money out of cash and put it into equities. So you were talking about that, obviously um, you know 
uh, for a lot of retirees than you know the, the, the equities market or having a lot of or most of their um, wealth in the equities market probably not the uh, the the perfect idea that you know some of it needs to be in capital stable um, or more capital stable investment. So how could you know some of the uh, so I guess investors or you know retirees as, as you talked about before get access to you know, corporate bonds. You use an example of invest or lending money to Qantas. Um, you know, uh, how how does how does one do that? Yeah, so it, it used to be that you couldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. You couldn't get access if you were just a regular investor because there were minimum five hundred thousand dollars to buy bonds, and they were only available off the exchange mm-hmm. to, to basically sophisticated and fund managers, basically. Mm-hmm. But now they're on. There are about fifty bonds on the exchange from top one hundred companies. So it is Qantas, Telstra. Mm-hmm banks and, and all the sort of typical big names. And you can buy them now in $100 lots um, via XCVs. Mm-hmm. And XCVs is just the brand name exchange traded bond uh, units that you can you can get them through. Um, and you, you buy them just like you're buying shares. So if you buy shares through Comsec or, or Bell Direct or, or some online broker, or you go to a financial advisor who buys them, basically it's now just like buying shares and you say, well, I'd like to see some Qantas bonds. And there's three Qantas bonds available. Um, I'm just looking right now to APA, an infrastructure company, Horizon, you know, the, the Queensland Mining Company, Osnet Telecommunications, Telstra, etc., AGL. So that they're they're they've got a six letter six um, digit ticker code. So a BHP um, bond might be um, YTM, stands for Yield to Maturity BHP, or YTM BH1 is a second BHP bond. So you can go on if you go on to our website. Um, www.xtbs.com.au. You can see them all, and you can you can play around with uh, portfolios and have a look at um, the yields that are available. And then, when you actually want to buy them, you just buy them like you're buying shares. And however, whichever way you buy shares or ETFs or listed investment companies, it's exactly the same way uh, to buy XTBs. So you're paying brokerage for that. And you, you you see the prices on the on the on your online broker's screen, and that's what you have to pay to to buy them. Then you can use the yield calculator on our website to see well what does that price mean in yield? What am I actually going to get? And yield's an important thing. It's about what you will get if you hold to maturity. So mm-hmm. it's a forward-looking measure rather than backward-looking. What did I get? What was my return at this point? Looks forward and says, well, if I hold this to maturity in three years. My yield will be 2.4% if I hold to maturity, taking into account the coupons I'm going to get and then the final $100 capital back mm-hmm. when the bond matures. So that's, that's really what bonds are all about, is putting your money in and getting your money back, just mm-hmm. like a turn deposit, money in, money back, income along the way, that turn deposit structure. And it, bonds are very very similar, although they're obviously tradable, turn deposits aren't. Um, but it's money in if you hold to maturity. It doesn't really matter what the price does along the way. You're definitely going to get a hundred dollars back of maturity plus the known um, the known income from the from the coupon. So it's very predictable. Six straight bonds. Um, you can say, well, if before I invest, I need to I need to earn two point four percent as my target. Then you can look for the bonds that are yielding two point four percent, and if you buy them, hold to maturity. That's what you will get. And the only the only caveat on that is, well, what if Qantas, if it was Qantas or AGL, what if they um, what if they go into liquidation or into administration in the meantime? Mm. Which is not a zero risk, but it's a low risk for top one hundred. All all of these XCBs are over top one hundred companies, so it's not it's not 
not a zero risk that Westpac won't collapse in the next year, but it's a very, very low risk. So you can you can um, you can take that sort of a, a, a look at it to think, well, maybe I don't like company number one hundred. Maybe that's too risky for me, and I want to go for a Telstra bond because I mm-hmm. think Telstra's safer, for example. Yeah, Rich, I have uh, two quick questions um, before we wrap up. One is, so you mentioned uh, buying these on the exchange. When you say exchange, you obviously mean the Australian Securities Exchange. Um, yes, the ASX. Yep, yep ASX. And uh, so the the yield calculation, so um, coupon, so just probably maybe briefly um, expand on that in terms of the yield. So um, and, and, you know, the yield to maturity that's quoted, um, how that, what's the, it's the uh, the difference between the price currently that you buy them at and, and what's received at the end? The, what Plus. the yield to maturity is, it's telling you that today you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna spend some money to, to buy this bond. Mm-hmm. And it, when you do that, you will get known coupons. Say there's three more years, you're going to get six coupons of X percent. Mm-hmm. And they will be, and they can't be changed, it's locked in. Yep. And then you get $100 back and it's saying, what is the value of that $100 in three years plus six Six coupons, say, of seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the value today of that, and what is that return to me if I have to pay one hundred and five dollars for it, or one hundred and four dollars for it, or whatever the price you pay? It's saying the, the value today of that future cash that's going to come to you means it's a yield of two point four percent for that money you put out. And if the price was lower, it'd be a higher yield. So when the when the when the price goes up, the yield goes down. When the price goes down, the yield goes up. But that's just like shares. Yes. You know, if you have a if you have a share paying five five cent dividend on a hundred dollars, it's you know it's or five dollars on a hundred dollar share price, it's a five yep. percent. And if the if the share price doubles, it's it's less of a less of a dividend yield. So dividend yield and is, is similar to um, yield to maturity. Yep. Well, thank you very much, Richard. It's been very important, and very timely. It has been great. And that is uh, Richard Murphy and Brett Hall and I'm Jane Klein. Thursday Finance for today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.